Welcome back to Talkville. Oh my gosh. We're here in season three. Boy, a lot of goodies. You know, Bryce was really excited. Uh, He was uh, messaging me. He's like, well, you know, the acting's really good in this season so far. I'm like, well, just wait. Uh, But uh, Just wait till we get to Lex Luthor on the island. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of excited about it. And I was like, cool. Yeah, I remember it was a, a bit of an intense season. But you know what this is at this point. You're not coming into season three going, okay, what is this? This is a rewatch podcast. We watch every episode. We review them. Uh, some say I shit on the show, but uh, you know that's we have T-shirts now on the Smallville uh, Talkville Podcast dot com. Michael shits on the show. I think we have those. We have damn who's that shirts. That, I mean that's that's an appropriate shirt to wear at a photo op at a con, don't you think? Rosemum shits on the show. Oh yeah, I, I think it, I think it is. Uh, look, we have a lot of fun doing this. This is season three. We made it in, in, in part to the uh, incredible generosity of our patrons and our listeners, our patrons who give back to the podcast. And there's a lot of perks and we're going to add some perks, hopefully. But uh, go to patreon.com slash Talkville, support the podcast, become a patron. And there's lots of cool stuff. And the uh, talkvillepodcast.com, you can get all, all sorts of merch. Um, season three. Um, I'm encouraging you guys to continue to comment, call in with questions, engage with the show, engage with us. If you want to keep the show going, it's up to you. Uh, we need you. We need your help. Write a review, spread the word, and uh, join Patron. Uh, socials are Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, uh, at Talkville Pod on Twitter. And if you didn't get a chance to call in our hotline, leave a question for an episode, make sure you do on future ones. That's 323, no, 213 Jet Cute. Jet, J E T, Cute. Uh, welcome. Welcome, Tom Welling. Tom, how are you? Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, a quick two things. One is I sat down to watch this episode, completely forgot what the season finale from season two was. So I was happily surprised. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Three months later, he's in Metropolis. And then second of all, I listened to our podcast about the recap and I had a lot of laughs listening to it. I was riding home from the airport and I was like, maybe I'll check out our, our recap of what we did. What do you mean? And I thought what, it was pretty what, funny. What, what are you talking about? Our, our... When we recapped season three, or I mean season two. Mm-mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, show. Oh, yes. And yes, so yes. Uh, that was well done. Team, production team, putting that together. I, I, I laughed myself and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I think I'm going to I'm gonna not speak so highly this year. I'm kind of keep it I chill gotta, <laughs> to be cool. I, I, I got to watch know. that. I got to watch it. I haven't seen that. Um, uh, you know, it's Jason good. and Bryce do a great job. I mean, come on. They're, they're the best in the business. That's how I feel. Uh, Ryan, welcome. Hi, guys. I'm back. Hey, Tom. Ryan went to his sister's wedding. And uh-huh. he cried like a little bia. Did you cry again? Huh? Yeah. All the time. I, were you bawling? Were you like Ball State University, or were you like just tearing up? Well, luckily Jeez. for me, I was, when I was standing up there, it was just coming out of, my, out of my right eye, and I was away from the crowd, so <laughs> I was able to hide it like a man. You were Christian bawling, weren't you? Yeah, I was. That's good for if you. you were nice. act, if you were acting in a scene where you had to cry, and they're like, "Cut." We need to see the tears. You're like, it's on this it's side. It's only on the They're other like, side. The camera's over here. <laughs> you know, my sister's been married and divorced four times, so I'd be crying just to please let this what? work. Please let this work. <laughs> please, God. I'd be crying in tears of hope. Tears You've got of- enough air miles for a new ticket just by going to your sister's weddings. Yeah. She's awesome, though. But, you know, hey, some people aren't um, meant to work things out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's my dogs. You might hear them. I'm having new cabinets put in upstairs. Uh, They're not even new cabinets. They're refacing them. It's cheaper to do that. I feel like it's a it's a perfect timing for them to reface your cabinets while you're recording the season premiere of season three Smallville podcast Talkville. That is correct. Mm-hmm. All right, this is we got a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's th- look. I I was going through a tough time this season, so uh, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. And I can't wait to dive in. So let's just do it. Without further ado, let's get into season three, episode one. This is called Exile. Do you remember a band called Exile? No. This is Exile. Oh, yeah, I know this song. Want to start a fire, baby. Want to start a fire. Don't know where I begin. You're the only one for me. On. You know what I'm surprised? I'm surprised you haven't sung yet is uh, Baby, I'm back. Because we, we used to say that all Player. the time when we come back from lunch. Player. Do you remember that? But hold on, remember this, listen. 
You don't know the song? I, I know the song. Gonna light your fire. All right, that's it. Season three. Season Michael three. Michael curates the music. Title Exile aired October 1, 2003. Director, one of our favorites, Gregory Beeman V. Writers Al Goff, Miles Miller, guest star Ryan Robbins as Louis Louis Leary, Emmanuel Vauger as Dr. Helen Bryce, um, Rutger Hauer as Morgan Edge, and Terrence Stamp as the voice of Jorel. That's a lot of guest stars, guys. This is uh, there's a lot of money spent. You don't usually have four guest stars, and a lot of these characters are set up for the season, especially Rutger Hauer, which was like totally cool. So, um, yeah, it was WB though, or CW. So believe me, the guest stars weren't getting paid as much as they probably should. Smallville returns with both Lex Luthor and Clark Kent missing their family search for both of them, unable to give up hope of their return. And both men fight to survive in new and unfamiliar environments. Uh, you know, this is pretty crazy. You and Metropolis. I didn't remember this at all. I, I had never seen this episode. I was like, I mean, shit goes down in Metropolis. I couldn't believe how much of a badass sort of like angst ridden, like intense Clark Kent you were. There is nothing more badass than walking to a nightclub with a short, a black short sleeve collared shirt. Did you see that outfit? <laughs> I didn't really notice that. Oh my God. But what it's I did like, notice is your sideburns. Oh, the, the Burns were What was the with the sideburns, dude? Oh, George Burns over here. Brent yeah, Burns. Yeah, we, we shot in Canada. But you never had sideburns like that. You were all of a sudden hillbilly Kent. Yeah, I, I go to the big city and I grow out lamb chops. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was probably part well, of the, the burgeoning indie rock scene of 2003. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Like the hives oh. and the white stripes and all that shit. Yeah. That that with the black short sleeve college shirt. Exactly. Just nailed, you know. All right, we're back. The episode opens three months later with a shot over the Daily Planet. In these three months, Clark has grown his hair out, brought back, uh, bought black clothes, and is strutting the streets of Metropolis, wearing his red K ring to the tune of Good Charlotte. I couldn't stand them. We see Clark breaking into ATMs to get the cash needed to buy a new Ferrari. Nice guys, but... I, I uh, by the way, that was a Lamborghini, and it was not new. Um, that, was, that was the other... I remember saying, like, we couldn't get a new Lamborghini, and they're like... Well, we couldn't afford to have put you in a suit, and we couldn't afford to get a new Lamborghini. But they could afford Rutger Hauer. Hmm. Well, you maybe know. that's where all the money went. I think he got scale plus 10. Scale is like the minimum plus 10% for his agents. Clark, who goes by Cal Al now, buys the new whip and takes the car to a club. As he's doing this, we see newspapers saying, rest in peace, Lex, as the newlywed has gone missing. Outside the club, Clark grabs his chest in pain, hops into a toll booth, and then rips his shirt open as we see Kryptonian chest scar burning and glowing. I would have thought that maybe there was a beat where Red Clark sees the the image that Lex is missing and just some version of, of a recognition. Um, but basically, uh, Red I, Clark yeah. don't care. You know what? Red Clark I, I don't almost care. wanted him to like... Yeah, that'd be really cool if you looked at it and whether and maybe his his thoughts on it were ambiguous. Maybe it was just like we don't know if he cares or not, or something that would have added yeah. a little element. Um, Can we talk about cool. how he buys the car real quick? Yeah, hey, I got this big bag of cash. It's all there. Want to go with me and quit your job? Yeah, because that's <laughs> what we did, and we're gonna rock to good Charlotte in this used Lamborghini. Coontosh. It's so some of this whole little sequence here. I, I'm kind of trying to figure out what I what I'm trying to get out of it, and really what it is is there's just not everything he does still leaves him feel um, feeling empty, and I think that's the part of the drug of the ring in a way. I, I think, think that's, that's the takeaway funny here. You say that because I think drugs in general they give you this high, right, and then you crash down, you feel worthless and empty. It's almost and everything you everything you do is is hollow and shallow and doesn't build to anything, and you just yeah. I thought, you know, I felt like this ran on too long. I felt like I lo I liked it and then it was like, all right, the bank robbery and then this and then it just was like I felt like you know, it was just it felt like a different show like you're in Metropolis. It really did. It really did. It felt like, it felt like an entirely we, different show. What are we watching? A brand new thing. And it went on too long. I I got the idea and liked it and then I it kind of lost its luster a little bit and I wanted to get back to Smallville. Is that how you guys felt or no? It's interesting that you felt that way, considering 
how you normally feel about most of the Smallville shows in Smallville. I well, would think you would have been like, it was great to get out and breathe and see a different world a little bit more. It just was, you know what it was? It wasn't, um, it wasn't grounded enough. It just was so out there immediately that we didn't really get a sense of Metropolis. It was just like cops and shooting and banks. And it just wasn't, uh, I, I look, you know, I'm not saying it just, it just was jarring. Um, I don't mind getting out of the city, but getting out of the town, but it just, it did, it, it definitely was a little odd. It was a little jarring for me. And then with the phone booth thing, wasn't that, isn't it like a nod to like Christopher Reeve? Doesn't he go into a phone booth and take off his, Yeah. right? Yep. But Tom, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. What was I, I don't really understand, guys. Fill me in with this whole chess thing. So uh, your father, biological father, what's his name again? Jor-El. 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 George L. Um, he, he, he scars George. you with this to show you who you are and where you came from, I'm guessing, right? And then you put on this ring that's red kryptonite, but you get this pain in your chest and you're forced to take it off. What? what, what do you understand why you were doing that? I, I don't recall what it was. I may have never known. And I, after watching the episode, it's still not clear to me. Ryan? <laughs> maybe this. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's your the power of your who you are coming out, stopping you from being this person, like warning you like, hey, the, the pain is causing almost like kryptonite would cause you to suffer. This is like causing you to suffer because you're not your true Kryptonian self. Boom. Anyone? I just think you need. I some think that's pretty good. OTC. You know, you Harper. know, there's more than one fan <laughs> listening to this, being like, "How are you guys so stupid that you don't know this?" I don't like, care. There's definitely people out there. Yeah, well, that's just tough shit. I'm not, you know, I don't know everything. <laughs> the next day, we see a very dark night-like scene as Metropolis Bank is robbed by thugs and clown masks. As they shoot up the bank, Clark crashes through the window on a motorcycle, dodging bullets in slow motion, stopping the robbery after muttering, "Stick to balloon animals." However, instead of saving the day, Clark takes the big bag of money and decides to rob the robbers. Clark leaves Wait, the bank and is met by hellfire bullets from Metropolis PD. Instead of super speeding away, Clark stands there and takes the rounds before using heat vision to explode a nearby cruiser. And then he speeds away. Yep. One of the cops in the scene is the camera operator's wife from the Insurgents episode. It's Chris's wife. Remember, yep. Chris? That was his yep. wife. I remember. And I said, Chris. Your wife? Uh, He's like, quiet. <laughs> no, he was. We always I, I may have told this before. There's a quick story. Uh, I don't know what season it was, but Glenn was directing an episode and uh, we were setting up a shot. It was like eight o'clock in the morning and it was going to be this big steady cam shot. And as the whole crew is there and as Glenn's walking us all through it, he was like, he goes, right, Chris, Chris, where's Chris? And Chris wasn't there. He was late. And the look on Glenn's face was like he was going to kill him. 10 minutes later, Chris comes on to set. He's like all disheveled or disheveled. And Glenn looks at him. He goes, what happened? And Chris looked at him and goes, I'm late. And he goes, that's it? And he goes, I'm late. That's all he said. No excuse. To Good for I'm him. Late. That was it. You would have been like, I would have been like, I, well, something. <laughs> right. Tom, any memories during the scene, filming in the bank, shutting down the street, scope of the shootout and explosions? Um, it, I, Just that, and I, this isn't a complaint. This is just reality. It takes a lot longer than what it looks like. Like, there's a lot of sitting around, waiting, 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 and then go, go, go really fast. Yeah. Um, and as much as it felt cool to be downtown and, and not be on the farm, um, there was just a lot to coordinate. And I remember my stunt double getting hit with all those bullets and squibs and stuff. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's... He, he did good acting with it, I thought, like his movements. Yeah, I was trying to find your body double or your, I tend to look for that to see if they, and I, I didn't, I didn't notice it. So it was good. <laughs> I, I wasn't distracted by seeing your The double. mask helps. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't see much of, even when in the second episode, I think it is, maybe it's the first where you get thrown in the truck. <laughs> you get th thrown in the van. I think that was your double, but I, it looked good. Like, Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden at the end of season two, I get on the motorcycle and it's clearly not me driving 30 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by better help. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing in your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Talkville today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Talkville. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. News gets back to Smallville. We see the Kansas and Pete discussing whether or not they think the mass vigilante in Metropolis is actually Clark. Come on. Jonathan agrees that it is and decides to bring him back home. However, before he can save him, Martha talks him out of it. And as the town at the town, we see Chloe making an effort with a new haircut to spend time with Lana, who is noticeably stressed out between being abandoned by yet another important person in her life and Luther Corp cracking down on her coffee shop with Lex missing. Now, if I could go back real quick, the Jonathan Martha scene, I thought that's very strong parenting choices that are going on in that scene. The fact that, you know, John just wants to go get him and grab him. And Martha's like, we, he doesn't want to be found. He'll come back when he's ready. I thought that was a, I thought that was a really cool scene that they handled well. Yeah, they always, uh, they always do a really good job. I thought they're acting. Um... And then the next scene with Lana and uh, Chloe, this was one where... Uh, I think I remember Allison just kind of showing up with a new haircut on her own. I and, remember them uh, being a little upset. Yeah, because but I think it looks it, cute. It, no, she looks fantastic. Uh, but TV shows don't like it when their actors do that because they feel that the viewers want to see the same characters every week. They don't want to see new versions. That's why they tune in, right? But she just showed up like this and they were like, well, because you remember the old story about Felicity when she cut her hair and the show got canceled. Remember that old TV show? Yeah. yeah. Do you Carrie think Russell? maybe um, Allison... Because it was a surprising haircut. It wasn't like, you know, she just, you know, curled her hair. It was really short. I wonder if there's anything like, I want to be, I want to look hot, hotter. I want to look my best. I want people to take notice of me. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 it is a bit drastic, but I like it. I think it looks really good. But is yeah. it Chloe? I thought that was for sure a production choice because she's like now in cahoots with Lionel and is like supposedly oh. being darker. I thought that was on purpose. Well, I from, like it. I don't care what it is. I, I like it. But it was controversy. It was what? Controversy. <laughs> oh, controversy. <laughs> Back in Metropolis, we see the clown robbers who Clark two-timed enter his apartment and fire a lot of bullets in his bed, suspecting he was there sleeping. What's funny is he was under the covers. <laughs> I was like surprised yeah. by that. I thought he was going to come out like, and he was like, whoa, he's actually there and like, knocks them like out. Just super speed around them. Yeah. Immediately after the man who put the hit on them, Morgan Edge appears from out around the corner. Clark puts on his sick Volcom shirt and the two begin to talk. The crime boss has noticed Clark's lavish lifestyle and certain uh, criminal abilities and wants to hire him. And back in Smallville, did you like working with him? Was it interesting working with Rugger Hauer? You know, it's funny. I remember one thing that, um, I remember one thing he said to me because I, I, I mean, to me, he was like, oh, we have a real actor on the show. And um, I was a little intimidated and my character has to be very much of a smart ass. And I remember we were doing a, one of the takes and I just couldn't help but go over to him. I go, hey man, I just want you to know that like, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick to you. I'm just trying to be, you know, a jerk to your character. And he goes, that's good acting. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Cause I did, you know, if you don't know the person and all of a sudden you're just like flipping them off and like being a jerk. And I remember with John Schneider, 
he he put his I said it's similar the same a similar thing to him and he put his hand on my shoulder he goes don't worry about it because we but we had a relationship already so it was just one of those things you know you're getting used to working with people and whatnot I don't even give him that credit I just do it let him think something <laughs> else let him think oh wait a minute does he like me does he not because I'm acting man fuck you dude you don't have to like me. Bleep yeah. that. Back in Smallville, we see a new haircut. Chloe, as we talked about, enter the Kawachi Caves looking to meet with Lionel Luther. He briefly discusses coming to the reality of losing his son and then continues to go on about his fascination with Clark and the walls of the caves. He also shares his frustrations with the lackluster report that Chloe did on Clark. Um, you know, I don't know how interested I was in this in this relationship. I got over it pretty quickly. I was like, eh, she's in high school. It's Lionel Luther. This can't go anywhere. Ryan? I, 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 Ryan, go ahead. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Tom. Sorry. I just enjoyed watching, like I did last season, I enjoyed watching Allison and Glover be in a scene together. I don't even know what the scene was about. I just liked watching them watch each other and sort of what wasn't said being played. Yeah. I couldn't tell you right now what that scene was about until you just recapped it. Yeah, I well. just liked watching them. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I, that's I, true. I agree. I had, this, I had the same thought. I was like, what? Yeah. What are they talking about? doesn't matter. doesn't matter. The scene has one of the coolest transitions as we go from a cave drawing to an air shot of Lex being stranded on an island castaway style. Seemingly, Lex is the only one without a new haircut this season. Uh, Bryce, so- <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> so this is, this is the start of a big thing. Would I love the storyline? Because I know you're going to have a lot to share with the fans about this. I know it. And I have some questions as we go along, but I forgot about this. I didn't see it coming. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And then when they show the island, I'm like, what's going on here? Like it, it was a good, it was good storytelling, I thought. Yeah, it was really cool. And we shot like um, not far from uh, Probably Bowen Vancouver. Island. It was like, yeah, it was Bowen, Bowen Island. Bowen Island. Like a small little ferry. And yeah. it was like, you look at it and you're like, there's not much here. But then they added their little palm trees and the dirt and like the fire and the all these things. And the CGI shot really didn't hold up of the wide shot of the beach. That didn't look very good. But it was also 22 years ago. But, it probably looked better on TV back then. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But um, what I remember about this, it was a guerrilla style <laughs> way of filming where it was a small crew and I felt really confident. It was like two filmmakers or, or a bunch of filmmakers going out and just shooting for fun. Like we had yeah. fun. We were doing stuff and I go, Oh, beam, let me try this. And they try to act a little crazier and do something, you know, out of the ordinary. And the other guy, Lewis, uh, he was, mm-hmm. he was great. Um, Ryan Robbins. He was really fun to work with. He did that thing with the, with the skeleton, like chip, chipping, chipping at me. Yeah. And he did it. Like, yeah. Oh my God, do that. No, do that. That's great. He goes, really? And then, he started doing it and it was like when we and we filmed it and it was just it felt like sort of college like you're just having fun and i think that's the most that's the best you're going to be is when you're comfortable and you're just you have passion and you're doing something you really enjoy that's being creative those are the moments being creative look look at being creative yeah those are the moments that define you i think well not necessarily define you but definitely their memories that you're like this is why i wanted to get into acting was it was it cold there? Make, was it did they I make it look hot being or was it cold? Because you're not really sweating. That's why I, I was don't asking. remember it being that cold. But um, I was running around like a lunatic. I also got in shape. I looked like I was in shape. I wish I was in shape now. You were oiled up. I was lubed and tuned. Tune and lube to Jiffy Lube. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube. <laughs> if you want the lube luck, go to Lex Luthers. Losers. I mean, both. I mean, even uh, I noticed like John uh, Tom's jawline was even a little bit more cut Pronounced. in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. this season. I must have had a good uh, two months off. The uh, yeah, or maybe it was the lamb. Ch- maybe the the sideburns may gave it a little more definition. <laughs> perhaps there is someone in here who says Lex Luthor. Yeah, I hate. That. I remember I that. I would have caught. I would. I know it's him. your favorite. We find out Lex has been stranded on an island for three months. He was set up by Helen and is recovering from malaria. Luckily, though, he has company, Lewis Leary, another man happy with being stranded. You know, it was one of those things where we just wanted to look like he's been there for a couple of months. He's losing his mind. He's sunburnt. Natalie Costco did a, an amazing job. Who's going to come on this podcast and talk about makeup and dealing with oh, us. Cool. She, she actually messaged me and said she wanted to come on. I was like, yeah, of course. Oh, great. Also, we're going to have Emmanuel Vogier. 
coming up. So um, Helen Bryce. But, you know, the island stuff, like I said, was just um, I can't say enough about it. it was it was just fun. I felt kind of weird in these little ripped up pants and running around. I was like, is this going to be cheesy? You just I've said it before, but you just have to commit. You have to commit hoping that they know what they're doing and trust the filmmaker, trust the editing, trust it all and go with it. Otherwise, you're you're stuck sort of in the middle area and nobody wants to see that. They're not going to buy it. Well, and as easy as it is to say that, it's it's very hard to do. But the truth of the matter is it's not your job. Your job is there to perform the material. Yeah, my job is not to. Exactly. While Lex is yeah. working on his escape raft, we see Lionel giving a speech to a small group at Lex's funeral. Luckily, Lex could not uninvite him from this event. Lana is in the crowd and notices Clark has crashed the event as he watches from the distance. Before she can get to him, he's gone. Lionel also leaves when Helen interrupts his speech, purple orchid in hand. This is just another scene that proves that Lionel Luther's no longer blind. That's all I could think about. Well, he's not blind anymore. I know, but I it just I, I, it came back to me again. And then when she, when when the when Mrs. <laughs> Let Luther it go, son. <laughs> when Let Mrs. Luther go. shows up, I was like, did I miss something here? She looked, she seems so guilty to me. Maybe that's because of the way Lionel is talking to her. But I was like, what is she guilty of? I, what, what's happening here? I didn't and, remember either. I remember something yeah. happens. And I, I, th- I go, I think I kill her. But we'll get to that. We cut to Clark's apartment and see Chloe stopping by to talk. Clark is beside himself, upset with her for showing up. Chloe says she misses the country, Clark. He says he's erased Smallville from his past. Uh, the country Clark, she misses. Then she asks why he, he still wears his class ring. Mid-conversation, he gets more pain in his chest from the scar. And to prevent Chloe from seeing, he aggressively invites her to leave and warns her not to tell anyone where he is or else he'll run away further. When <laughs> She so leaves one of the and things his chest he, starts to glow again. One of the things that I remember specifically was screaming when, when, he, when Cal screams at Chloe, like in her face. I don't think that's something I'd ever done in a scene and definitely Clark had never done in a scene. And I remember kind of saying to Allison and I don't remember, or it was Beeman. It was like, I feel like I just want to scream. And they're like, do it. And Allison's like, do it. And when I screamed at her, I remember the way she looked at me and she said something like, it's definitely strange to see you like this <laughs> because it's not Clark. Right. Yeah. And that's, that was like, as a compliment. I, I mean, I thought, so wow, was he was really aggressive with her. He grabs her. He puts her. I mean, it was a real dark, Sides like I don't know this guy at all. This guy yeah. is the antithesis of what we see in Country Clark. Back at the Luther <laughs> Mansion, Helen walks in with shopping bags in each hand. Is interrupted by Lionel. He shares his suspicions with her malicious story of being saved and her involvement with Lex's murder. Nice scene. I like it. I like that little. Also, and- also why? Also, her walking in with the bags. Again, she must be guilty of something. She, we saw her at the funeral. Now she's shopping. What is she up to? And yeah. then in this scene, she says something like. You want people to know that you had me spy on Lex for you. And I was like, wait, am I supposed to know that already? Like, there was just a lot of stuff. Yeah, that. well, there was stuff from previous episodes in last season where yeah. they had a moment together. There was something there <laughs> where you go, okay, something's going on with these two. But what I did like was it's interesting when Lionel was saying all these things. I was like, ah, Lionel didn't really have anything to do with this. I believe him. I, I, he didn't have anything uh-huh. to do with it. And so that kind of makes you go, okay, cool. Like, we don't hate Lionel as much as we should, you know, even though we still hate him. Back on Lost, we see Lex eating maggots and trying to flag down a plane flying by. He's unable to find his roommate, uh, and his roommate seems uninterested in attempting to get off the island. Now, this is, uh, I I want to see if you guys remember this, because I remember specifically. I quote a movie. That it wasn't written. I added lines. When he oh. throws the fire to the ground, I get really yeah. upset and I say something. That's great. That's great. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, Walmart, Nike, Wine.com, Samsung, Lenovo, Sephora, and more. 
and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. That's just great. That's exactly. Is that from Jaws? Jaws. Yeah. I go, that's great. That's just great. That's exactly what Roy <laughs> Scheider does in Jaws. He goes, that's great. That's just and I And I told the crew, I'm like, I'm doing this. And they kept it. It was my little homage to one of my favorite movies. Uh, falling on hard times, cancer forced to part ways with their farm. Clark sneaks into the barn and overhears his parents remembering old times as they pack things for their move. Jonathan delivers an uplifting prep, uh, pep talk to Martha, who has gone through a lot in the last few months. This was, I mean, great moments, great moments between, you know, two good actors. It was just, uh, it was mm-hmm. sad, you know, and here, you know, Clark listening in and, you know, then you hear him. Something happens upstairs, and, she, and her running up, Clark, 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 and like, I'm like, oh my god, excuse me. I was like, holy crap, this is great. Like, this is great acting. I feel her pain. Didn't you? Yes. It was been. He goes, yes. Off my burp. The next day at the town, Chloe and Lana talk more about Lana's inability to give up on Clark because she feels guilt not going with him to Metropolis. Then Lana tells Chloe that she loves Clark. And this, Chloe agrees to take Lana to where Clark is in Metropolis. And then she gets mad at Chloe. You knew where he was. He told me not to tell anybody. (laughs) You're awful. I mean, come on. I was pissed Uh, at Lana for that. And I was like yeah. actually liking Allison or Chloe more because she wasn't whiny and jealous as much this episode. That changed. They switched. It was better. They yeah. switched a little bit. She had to have complained. She had to have complained to the guys. And they said, all right, we'll make you a little whiny person. <laughs> Lana goes to Metropolis, confronts Clark. She tries to get him to come back to Smallville or Smogville, but he won't have it. So instead of having him ride out of her life again, Lana hops on his bike and she and Chris ride off into town. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, the uh, stunt double. The stunt double. So what? what's unclear to me in this moment, again, uh, and this, Ryan, maybe this is something I should know. How much does Clark remember about being on Red Kryptonite when he's no longer on Kryptonite? So Lana basically tells Clark to his face that she loves him, right? I don't remember if that ever comes back again. We'll see. We have to watch the rest of the season. But hmm. I, I don't know if he remembers you remember that. things but you couldn't control them or maybe you don't remember them. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't see, know. I guess. I don't know if you can remember him why you'd ever want to be on that stuff. I mean, he remembered the shades. <laughs> Those make a comeback. <laughs> the shades make a comeback. <laughs> Those oh my God. Sweet sunglasses. Back oh. on the Island. Lex opens, uh, goes for a drink at the watering hole and finds a skeleton with an LL chains chain. It turns but, out. So, so the sunglasses are quick. Mike, have you ever been on the set? Where they're like, okay, I'm supposed to have sunglasses in this scene. And the props guy walks up and he's got a box. Of shitty glasses. With like 12 pairs of the worst sunglasses. Ever. Ever it's like from 1978. And it's like, camera's rolling. Pick one. Yeah, I've had that. We're like, oh yeah, here's some sunglasses I got from 1984 after I did wow. Lost Boys. I'm like, all right, great. Turns out this well, is Lewis's father with the necklace, who had the necklace, who was killed for being overly critical. Huh. 
We'll, we'll get to that. After learning about this, Lex calls him a psychopath. Lewis lunges at him with a machete, but Lex uses his cat-like reflexes to escape. And that night in Metropolis, Clark takes Lana to a club. They make out. Lana's pissed off to find that this is what he's been up to, and Clark responds by threatening to put her on the next bus back to Hicksville. Take the last train to Hicksville. I'll meet you at the station. How's Clark getting into this club? He's underage. Yeah, but he tells the bouncer, I'll kick your ass. I guess so. He handed him a bag full of money. Now, what's he drinking? So wait a this minute. The, the skeleton Whatever with the necklace. Wants. What was it? What was that necklace all about? It's was all it an about LL Lex or a WW? Himself. I think it's all like there was never anyone on the island. It was always That's not Lex. his wife's I necklace? I think this is like Lex reflecting on that was Lionel Luther, like maybe his father being dead and controlling him. Oh. All these other things. I see. And like, so it's in, all in his head and the malaria is effing with him. Lana gets away to make a call to the Kents and warns Jonathan where Clark is. Clark catches Lana, takes the phone from her, and then yells at his parents on the other line. He hangs up and then scolds Lana for betraying him. After the betrayal, Clark decides to join the mob and has a sit-down meeting with Morgan Edge. Morgan tells Clark he needs him to break into Lionel Luther's office and retrieve a titanium case with something mysterious inside. Do you see that, you see that badass acting choice I did by putting my feet up on the table? I like it. I like it. I wonder if I did it in the wide <laughs> shot or we had to go back and shoot it, but those are some big old size 15s there coming at you, Rector. big old feet. After the call earlier, Jonathan tells Martha this time he must go to Metropolis to prevent losing Clark before, forever. Before leaving, he takes a spaceship key from the toolbox and goes to the caves, seeking help from Jarrell in an act of upstanding co-parenting. Jarrell wall blasts jonathan and makes a deal with him to bring clark back home amazing jarrell gives him the power to go get his son by, by the way the terms of the deal uh of jarrell and jonathan whatever are not disclosed yep. until later i guess on the island, Lex is still holding, hiding from Lewis, who is on the hunt. The two confront each other. Lex ends up getting a hold of the machete and then murders Lewis, or so he thinks. The hack job is interrupted by a Jamaican sailor, like Tom said, who sees Lex's fire and tells him nobody else is on the island. Oh. Okay, I know what it is. On your page, it's out of order. I'm watching it right now. Lex's so that's, imagination that's why I said of Lewis Leary, it, who murdered his overbearing father, was some sort of deep, twisted fantasy. That's the meaning. Like, apparently, Bryce found this on the deepest, darkest the depth deep web. web chain, like freaking cryptonsite.com.org. Back in Metropolis, we see Clark breaking into the vault of Luther Corp, retrieving the titanium case. Before he can leave, he is stopped by his father. Jonathan tells him that he and Jarrell are working together. Clark responds by saying, That's cute. And then showing his dad shoving his dad into a wall. Jonathan gets up, tells Clark he's coming home now, and then super speeds him through the glass window of the skyscraper. The two begin to free fall, and we get hit with a 2B continued. Which always surprises me. That was a great scene to do with John because there's this big moment where I, I take about four steps and I have this line, I get into his face, and I just remember having a lot of fun with that one line. I kind of go from, oh yeah, to oh really, to I don't think so, and you're out of your league here, pops, you know, all in all in four steps. Yeah. You know what? Um, I also remember from the island when I'm hacking the so-called Lewis, I'm like whacking him. I mean, we did one where there was just blood squirting in my face and I'm just maniacal. I mean, fuck <clears throat> like crazy blood dripping off the uh, the crew were all clapping they're like holy shit i lost my mind and then when i saw it it was just like hack hack done i was like oh because that's a moment <laughs> where you could have got away with being crazy you know so i wanted to even be more maybe there are some fcc guidelines yeah f-u-c you Interesting, thing Interesting things know. to note. Allison Mack's new hairstyle coming off the break wasn't liked, so she had to wear extensions in future episodes of the season. Oh, there you go. Well, there it is. Should we call Al? <laughs> I mean, I always love hearing from Al. I listened to the podcast you did with Al Miles as well, and I, that was fun to hear them talk. They're so, they're so articulate and smart, and they remember so much. Yeah. Screw, screw smart people. Well, Al's not writing anything right now. I know that. Hey, Michael. <laughs> He'll laugh first. Watch. He goes, 
get ready for a giggle, an owl giggle. Yeah, he, he must be. Is he out he's picketing? not at work. Is he right? out picketing? He can't be working. He might be picketing. All right. Sorry, Al. All right. In the commentary for this episode, is mentioned that the pre-credit scenes of Clark having fun with the red kryptonite, destroying ATMs, etc., were added in a week before the episode aired. Goff and Miles were all for the idea as long as the network paid. At the beginning of the episode, Clark runs into a phone booth and rips open his shirt to reveal his shield pattern burn, uh, reminiscent of Clark Kent running into a phone booth and changing into Superman, as Ryan said, revealing the S in his chest. Okay. Pretty crazy. Pretty cool stuff. All right. Hotline stuff, guys. Hotline 213 Jet Cute. We love your questions. Uh, Patron privilege. If you join Patreon, patreon.com slash talkville. Support the podcast. Keep it going. You also get privilege to leave messages. So we're going to go right into it. Talk. Are you excited? All right. This is Kenneth. What's your frequency? What's that from? REM. What's your frequency, Kenneth? You know. That song's right, actually pretty good. I didn't like it. Like I'm from it. Orlando. Tom, there's method actors like Christian Bell that play that role on and off the set whenever they get it. Did you ever play like a method actor whenever you played like Cal or Red K? Let me know. Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. Kenneth. Did you ever play did method? I pl- were you ever method? In it? Were you ever like really I- into it? Where you like, Tom, you're like, leave me alone. I'm, I'm in character. I wouldn't say so much. Be- I mean, you're, hopefully you're in the moment from action to cut. Um, and then there's a, I think for me, sometimes I can stay focused, but I'm not yelling and screaming at anybody else. I mean, I, there's been a couple of times on, on small bubbles, somebody who maybe, you know, like JD is like, Hey Tom, are, are you okay? And I just be like, yeah, I'm focused. Like I'm focused on what I'm doing right now. I'm not playing around, but I'm not like method, like trying to really hurt people. No. All right. This is butts. Hey guys, butts here. In the episode Exile, we once again see the tiresome Red K rob Clark of his generally virtuous character, but only to a point. For example, he robs ATMs to legally purchase a car. He also doesn't conduct a bank heist. He just steals from thieves that were already doing one. And when Chloe comes to see him, he doesn't threaten or intimidate her if she were to tell anybody where he was. He just said he'd disappear harder. So my question is, for Tom, when you were getting in the Red K acting space, how did you frame your moral compass? Thanks, guys. Much love from the Butts family. I just I just learned something. Uh, Butts is definitely an attorney, uh, a criminal attorney, because he knows how he could defend this. Um, he's a smart butt. Uh, I think the the thing I remember about getting in character for for uh, for Cal was getting rid of any sense of consequences for his actions. But like narrowing in on the fact that everyone else's actions had severe repercussions for themselves, for them, not him. And I think that's where it, everybody else is the wrong, right? That's what it is. He's never wrong in his mind. Yeah. I think that's how it's he kind of You know what? It. It's kind of like when a guy's all coked up. Al, that's Al. <laughs> Hold on. Speaking of. Al. Michael. How are you, buddy? <laughs> What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's yeah, safe. I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. I'm good, man. How are you? Look, say hi to Tom. Hey, buddy. Hi, Al. Thanks for thanks for picking and that's up. That's Ryan. Hey, Al. Hey, really quick. How pissed on a scale from one to ten? You got to be honest. Were you? We're in season one, exile. When you saw Allison Max haircut, season three. Season three. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's it's always tricky when uh, 
when Tricky. an actor just uh, makes a choice and doesn't necessarily share with you that choice. <laughs> Were you mad? <laughs> I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm sure at the time we were annoyed, but, um, but then you get over it and move on. So, um, but it's always, uh, and, and there had been a time jump between the, you know, it's harder, you know, as you know, some season finales to season openers are, we pick it up in real time, like right. we did in season one, but our season one to two, but two to three, there is the three month time jump. So it wasn't, it was less about it. It, it was a continuity issue and more just about that is not we, what we would have gone for, for that character. But, you know, it didn't seem to have seemed to have zero impact on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I there there has to be a little bit of like you're cut. Co- we're coming back. It's a big, big, huge episode. There's a lot of money being spent, and then all of a sudden the actor shows up and just adds one more challenge to the day. Yes. Yes. But yeah. I thought she looked cute. I yeah. Again, and, and Michael, until you just brought it up, I completely forgot about it. So you know, again, in, in the in the big scheme of things, did it matter? <laughs> not really. It's just. It's always tricky when, um, you know, I mean, I mean the episode, if, if you ever want to go back and do a, uh, a, a hair episode that was insane, <laughs> just go to episode two of the show with Tom's hair from scene to scene, which was just insane, which, by the way, had nothing to do with Tom and everything to do with how many how long it took to film episode two and all of the uh, directors and rewrites and everything. So. I had to go to a hotel room on a on a Saturday morning at like nine o'clock to meet some guy who put in hair extensions in my head. That yeah, Dude, it was it was crazy. I, I mean, that was nuts. But um, you know, we we all we all get through it. And to be honest with you, a lot of times the you know fans don't notice. So you know, um, anyway. Hey, whatever happened? I mean, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. It's episode two, but you know, we never really discussed it. But uh, Dr. Helen Bryce was on the plane. I was hoping Lex would kill her. I hope I was hoping he'd do the same thing she did to him on the plane. But he kind of like she disappears. She's gone off the plane when they when he inadvertently shoots the pilot. Um, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I, I forgot all about that. I was like, wow. So she's somewhere in the yeah. uh, you know. Oh well, what are you gonna do? She's exactly. on the run like Clark. She was, she was, uh, she set you up Lex, like, like so many people. Yeah. You, so. just, you just can't get it. You just can't get lucky with Lex as every girl he goes out with. It's just like, it's easy. I mean, where are you going to try and find unconditional love? Lex just can never find it. He can't, he can't. I mean, that is one of the tragedies of Lex Luthor. I, in all seriousness, that is one of the things like you, you actually put yourself out there and then people stomp on you. So it's, it's emotionally and, and psychologically, you know, so, um, Lionel being the biggest, uh, the biggest culprit of that, which obviously comes, it comes to a real head in this season. So, um, which I loved it. This season has two of my favorite episodes. So what episodes um, are they? They are shattered, which is the episode where you end up in the, uh, insane asylum at the end. And, uh, it, uh, the other one is um, Memoria. Memoria. Memoria yeah. was a good one. And your Al, I'm, I'm crime, working on Miles. bringing in a one of those um, one of those jackets for Michael when we when we do the podcast about Shattered. I want him to wear the, oh, the God, jacket the whole so time. Claustrophobic. I, I remember. I remember that was a thing with you where we had to keep it between takes. Which, by the way, dude, I totally get. Like, I, I'm sure it's just. I'm claustrophobic as yeah, well. Yeah, that so was tough. Just being in a straight jacket, it's just like, Ugh, yeah, I don't want to be here. That so. was tough. I just had to really focus, which is not easy for me, and just breathe and go, okay, this is, and focus yeah. on what you're supposed to be doing. But it, it, it certainly helped with the character. I mean, that, yeah, that scene with, uh, you know, when Lionel's on the other side looking at the end yeah. of the day and they have that uh, Johnny Cash song playing, that was yeah, just we, epic. We got that song. I wanted that Ken, Ken Biller who directed it had a different song and I love that cover of hurt and, um, our music supervisor, um, Madonna Wayne Reed basically jumped through hoops. He had just died and we were able to convince the, you know, family really, which is who she had to convince to let us use that cover. We were so 
happy to get it. So. You think, was it expensive? I, I'm sure it was expensive, but it was just just the, it wasn't even about the expense of the mic. It was just about actually getting permission to use it, which was very hard because he rarely right. licensed things to to film and television. I I just I just heard the other day today. that when Trent Reznor heard Johnny Cash's version of that song, he said that's that's Johnny Cash's song now. That's his song. I yeah. completely agree. It, it is. It is. It has become the definitive version of that song, which is. Which is. I mean, it's so good. It is. So good. Well, you know, we're we're going to be calling you a lot. This is. Uh, you know, maybe we'll have you on. You and um, we're definitely going to have you and Miles on. But we'd love to. Uh, yeah, Memoria especially. We we because you know Miles directed that one, so we we definitely want to be, be on fun. for that one. But Shattered was a uh, was an incredible episode as well. You know, it's I, yeah. Go ahead. My favorite of the season. No, no, I said those are my favorite of the season. You know what so. sucks is when someone like the creator comes in to direct an episode, as good as you always want to be, you want to be the best, best, best you can be because it's, you, you know, you want to, you want him to be happy. You want him right. to, so, or, or her. And, uh, well, it's he in this, whatever. And, uh, so, whatever I was giving, I just felt like I gotta give more. I gotta find deep inside me and I gotta it just, you know, I just wanted to Im- impress miles. That's what I always like to do. I try to impress. I, I, I try to do that every day. It's, it's very hard. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Try to impress Tim Burton every day. Don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. We love you, buddy. Thanks for uh, answering. Take care. Thanks. See Al. Old Al Goff. Love hey, them. um, can we, as a production team, can we figure out a way to get them like the 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 mic stop shitting on the show Michael T-shirt or just like send them just something funny like that? Because it is cool that he does this. And oh yeah, you know really we should make a shirt to. go. We're calling Al. I don't know. Call Al. Yeah, something. Say yeah. I don't know. Call Al. That'd be fun, Bryce. That'd see be what fun. You could do. All right, here we go. Let's get into this. Here's Melissa. Call 213 Hi, this is Melissa from New York. I was wondering what you thought about the decision by the writers to have Clark attend Lex's funeral um, in the uh, season three premiere. I always thought it was interesting that even when Clark is uh, under the influence of Brad Kryptonite and supposedly doesn't care about his family and friends in Smallville anymore, he still takes the time to pay his respects to Lex. Even though last time we saw Red K. Clark and Rush, he told Chloe how Lex always lies to him and stabbed him in the back. Thanks. Tom, I think, uh, well, it, it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. I think if Clark would have maybe seen the newspaper in Metropolis and we would not know what he thought, I thought him showing then up at the funeral would give it more gravitas. I think he could have been a little more hidden, but I don't think he's with the super speed. He can kind of go wherever he wants. Um, I liked it. You know, Smallville does, does good funeral stuff. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hi, Tom. This is Rachel from New York. This episode has Clark on a crime spree, essentially, in Metropolis. And my question is, how is Clark's face just not plastered all over the city? As far as we can tell, he isn't committing these crimes at super speed, especially the ATM smash and grab mm-hmm. at the beginning. And it's always just amused me that somehow his picture isn't anywhere. He can go anywhere he wants, Rachel, a bag full of suspicious money, disbelief. and nobody has a picture of his face. Suspense, suspend disbelief, Rachel. We've got to do it because it's absolutely well, ridiculous. That's why I thought when they- well, there there is that part where when he puts on Red Clark, where the cameras can't see his face when he puts on the ring. That's why. But also, you wore a, a ski mask a lot of times. But still, they would get you if they had any sort of like brains. When they when they emphasize I mean, the, that uh, that detective though, um, I didn't realize it was just the cam ops wife. But I thought like she was going to be like. The one like solving the crime of Clark's sprees. I thought that's what they were going for. Yeah, that didn't happen. Oh well. Well, here we go. This is uh, DeAndre. DeAndre here on the. Hi guys, hotline. DeAndre from Dallas, Texas. Questions for Michael. Did you film on a on a set or was it on location for your uh, for your island scenes? And also, how long <laughs> did, it, did it take to a, a location built set? Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. DeAndre, you rule. Uh, you know, it, we shot I think two days there two days on that set and uh the makeup you know it's already an hour and a half for me in the makeup trailer at that point or more and then add another 40 minutes so it's probably two and a half hours but you know you said you were in good shape and one of the things that they that you didn't have in that scene your eyes weren't red and that's what i would have thought like you you must have been in good shape to film two days on an island and go, lose your mind without your eyes ever getting red i don't know if anybody else knows your eyes were like healthy as could be yeah i don't know 
I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I didn't notice my eyes. I was looking at my muscles that I don't have anymore. Brandon. Hey, Tom, Michael, Ryan, this is Brandon from Michigan. Thanks for the podcast. Love it. For Tom, did you get to drive the Lamborghini or was that your stunt double getting out of the car? I didn't see your face. Brandon, by the oh. way, I love you for a 10 second message. Go ahead, Tom. I I don't remember. I, I didn't catch it even when I just watched it. Um, I, I don't, don't think recall. you drove it. Probably not. I don't think you drove that one. But uh, yeah, I don't think so. Jonas. Jonas. It's about Lionel Luther, I think. What's up, guys? This is your boy Jonas out of Dallas, Texas. Jonas! Lionel's speech at Les's funeral. I mean, I'm a parent, and I just have to believe that Lionel's words were sincere. I think he meant every single word he said. What do you guys think? Thanks for taking the call. Love y'all. Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, as bad as Lionel is, I don't think he wants his son dead. His son saved his life. His son, it's his son. One of his kids is already dead. Uh, I think that he was sincere as, as Lionel could be. So that's how I feel. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a Tony Award-winning actor to play Lionel Luther. You get good stuff. Hi, guys. This is Chad Storm from Las Vegas, Nevada. This is for Mike. Mike, uh, you're on that island trying to survive. There's a scene where you rip open a dead tree, and there's all kinds of creepy crawlies inside. And then you start to proceed to eat them. Um, probably a dumb question, but did you actually eat that stuff? Yeah. It made my stomach turn. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Love Talkville. Love Smallville. Take care. Bye. Chad, I love you. Watch inside of you as well. I ate the maggots. Did not eat the what? maggots. No, I didn't eat the maggots. They oh, had some kind come on. Of like, they actually had something that looked like maggots that was edible, that were plant something, and um, I had those, I believe. But I didn't eat maggots. I'm it was not, like chocolate dirt? I don't know, but I, d I definitely wouldn't eat that shit. No way, man. I'm not that method. This is uh, Joshua. Oh, no, this is Joseph. Um, hello, this is Josue from Florida. This question is for Tom. So at the end of season three, episode one, Exile, Jonathan <laughs> Kent, one of my favorite characters after Clark, is says he'll do anything for his son. For my son, I'll do anything. I was just wondering, Tom, how does that scene resonate with you now that you're a father, you're all grown up, and maybe Michael with his dogs and everything? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Michael with his dogs and everything. Uh, good. Yeah, good Good question. It's something that... um. You know, before I had kids, people tell you about that stuff and you're like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you would. And then when you have children, you're like, oh, no, I would. I would do anything like it's just it's a different feeling. It's it's amazing. It's it's a life thing and um, it's beautiful. And I believe Josh Snyder when he said it in the scene. I agree. I would do anything. Somebody was effing with my dogs. Uh, I'll, I'll, honestly, I always think that I think if some dog attacked my dog, <clears throat> I would pick up anything. Yeah. To if I had to kill that dog with my bare hands, I would to protect my dogs. And I can't imagine what it would I was, be like to have kids. I don't know if you can air this, but uh I was at Runyon Canyon one time and these you know, there's a bunch of people walking their dogs and somebody's dog was off leash, a, a large like a medium sized dog, and attacked another dog, and this guy grabbed the other dog, and I don't know if he did it intentionally, turned to throw the dog, and it was direction of downhill off the side. Kill the dog? He just threw it and it went and I was like Oh, everybody obviously freaked out. But that guy, he was protecting his dog. I don't think he intended to throw him off the cliff. Maybe the dog's okay. But honestly, I so. I, I, I've never hit a dog. I've never hit any animal. No. But if somebody attacked my dogs, done. I think one of my friends, too. If some, one of my friends was attacked and I was there, I would do anything. You know, yeah. I, mean, I just kind of human nature. And when you have a kid, I don't know how that would, that would Hey, Michael and Tom, this is John from Yorktown, New York. Tom, my question's for you. During the bank robbers scene, Red Kryptonite Clark is walking out and you kind of do like a power move look at the guy right next to the door. I was just curious if that was on the page or did you kind of take that upon yourself because you were on Red Kryptonite? Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. Um,. I think that was probably me realizing I have to walk from point A to po point B with not really any business, like physical business. And I think I just created that moment to give myself something to do, sort of like, you know, a cocky little move that I thought the character would do. Filling, filling the time is the answer. Well, there it is. Thank you for your questions. I, uh, we really appreciate that. It always adds a little life to the episode. Rosenbaum rating system. Uh, you know what the rating system is. We don't have to give it to you. Uh, what are you going to give this one, Ryan? Uh, two. Two roses? I'm going to give it a two. And I stand by that. Okay, Tom. T taking a swing. Tom. <laughs> two. I think it's a two. I'm going to go one and a half. I know you are. I don't think it was like, wow. There was there was some things I didn't like, some things I liked. It was a little over the place, but 
overall, I liked it a lot. Like I would say one and a half roses is good. I'm not going to defend that. Def- I love how big it just felt really big. I really liked that. It felt big. It felt like you, they're taking a swing now. I was like, okay. All right. All right. Let's do it. Death and save count. How many people got saved? How many people died? One died. Robbery, clowns, murder, someone in the bank. One saved. Lexus saved by sailors or seamen. (laughs) Through one episode in season three, one dead. Is that our new new t-shirt? Killed by seamen. Saved by seamen. Saved by by seamen. One dead, one saved. Series 59 dead. 70 saved. Ryan's favorite scene. Did you write three down? I did. Okay. Uh... I'm going to guess. What are you guys going to guess first or should I read the Let's three? guess first. You get it. How about we get an extra bonus point if we guess it? All right. I'm going to guess it's the eye coming down to Lex Luthor on the island. You could agree with me or you could say Damn something it. else. If I get it, I get two points. If you can, if you say yes with me, you get two points. Um, I wasn't and, prepared and if for not, this. If not, if I, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I wasn't prepared for this. I hadn't. Um... I'm, I'm going to agree with you so I don't lose a point if you're right. <laughs> All right. No, it's not that. <laughs> okay, so what are the but choices? I'll just, I'll just give you, here are my three. Uh, the cold open with Clark's, just establishing Clark and Metropolis. Uh, number two is the bank robbery. And number three is Lex hacking away at the vision. Tough choices. I'm going to go Lex hacking away, Tom. That's what I was thinking too. I'd sorry to agree with you twice in a row, All but right, I think that's the that's one that tells the story. Right. That's right. That's correct. You were insane. I was insane. You were insane. You were bit. losing it. I people said, it. "Hey, that guy Lex, he's pretty good," and you were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, I can kill people. <laughs> Going for the Emmy. Uh, that's it for the episode, guys. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, there was so much to talk about. We had Al on here. We talked about you know the, the season, and the, we just talked a lot about the show. Look, if you love it, uh, as you know, you can get great merch. There's so many cool shirts and sweatshirts and mugs and tumblers and like other stuff. And we'll have uh, signed stuff on there as well. We sold out of the autographs of me and Tom. You can do Zooms with me and Tom. We only do them quarterly. So if you want to get a Zoom, we're doing them all in one day every three months or something or every four months so make sure you get one if you want to get a zoom with us and also patreon patreon.com slash talkville if you're really enjoying this and you want to get back to the show uh and 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 save the show and keep it going that'd be great if not keep listening and spread the word um that's it for the episode stick around next week as we rise from the ashes and talk about episodes uh season three episode two called phoenix hence rise from the ashes let's take the discussion online let us know your thoughts on the episode over on our socials at talkville podcast or at talkville pod show the support as i said by patron merch i told you that www do you even say that anymore no you just say talkvillepodcast.com <laughs> um that's it guys uh good good seeing you again good seeing you again until next time yep mm-hmm. um i already watched the next episode i can't wait to talk about that but that's uh remember folks always hold on to smallville Tom, Ryan. Thanks, guys. See you, Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. And we can't forget our beautiful patrons who make this show possible. Patreon.com slash Talkville. One of the privileges, you get a shout out of your name. Very important people who are, are making this podcast possible. And uh, here we go. Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Santiago M, Leah S, and Kristen K. They're partners now. Leah Stubbs and Kristen Keo. Little Lisa, Thomas, the Leaf Blower, Sophie M, Betsy D, Abby P, Ray, Harada, Karen Apple M, Danielle B, 99 more, Leilani N. Brett G, always hold on to Smallville, Estevan G, DJ Kento, Garrett W, Kimberly L, Tom and Jason W, Osama A, Lana Rhymes with Banana, Nancy <laughs> D, Brian G, Sarah W, Amanda R, Teddy, one, two, seven, Michael P, Ryan R, and Justin M. Jordan M. Jordan M. Hillary B. Randy B. Uh, Hillary Randy B. Craig G. Presty R. Karen P. Derek G. Jorel, Heather and Greg. Nico P. I made Smallville say or Talkville say butts. <laughs> Georgina B. Eric K. Clark's mom. Ha! 
Kristen B, Craig C, Nanine W, Stephanie K, Randall F, Darth Achilles, Finky. I just made up a name. Did you see that? Finky, yeah. Tamara H, Stephen F. Damn. Who's that? Jeanette E. David. General Zod. Big Day. Doug R. Carlos C. Tommy Z. Boston, 68. <laughs> Ken, the Limerick guy. Isabel, <laughs> Gay V. Corey L. Ivy and Sam. <laughs> Mr. Home Arcade, Amanda K, Jesse C, Claire M, Dan Brown, so just kidding, D Brown, Joshua W, Alice, be kind, please rewind, Carrie R R R R Karen Era. That's Karen Era M. Eldan Supremo, Leslie V, Tatiana S, McBurts, Ginger Moose, Christoph, yeah, Christoph S, S, Michelle M, and Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew. Brittany S, Marisol P, Veronica Q, brought to you by Gatorade. Sebastian F, Sourpuss C, Matthew and Lincoln B, David G, Carol B, The Chief, Mary and Louise L, CGO, Sunseeker, Kelly Bell, Nikki L, Shannon F, Brian S, Tina E, Matt R, Smallville, CTE Clinic, hello, Red K, Clark's wife, and Jess D. Couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you to all of you, and thanks to all the patrons. We love you.